0: Good morning, Crossroads. I'm really, really glad that you are here with us today. we got people joining us from all over the place, driving church outside, people online, people in Mishawaka, people in St. Pete. Let's welcome everybody. Let's give everybody a round of applause today. We are here to celebrate what God is doing and to look forward with great anticipation to what he is going to do. I had a very funny interaction just a few minutes ago in the lobby. I was laughing with some people out there, and I was chastised immediately by someone who said it was way too happy in the church lobby. Don't you know this is a church? can't be happy here. That's ridiculous. And I loved that. We had a good Well, we laughed even louder about that because that's ridiculous. This is a place where we should be filled with joy because we're doing things that have eternal significance. We're drawing close to Jesus and I hope that you experience that joy today because we are a family. And sometimes because we're a family, we have to deal with difficult moments together and we got to deal with one of those. I want to share some information with you today that we shared with our staff earlier this week and with our worship arts team Uh, on Thursday night, and that is this, Uh, Ryan and Liz Stroop. They're going to be heading on and moving on uh, to a new ministry uh, here in the next few weeks. They'll be leaving Crossroads. And i got to be honest, personally, uh, I've worked with Ryan for over 10 years, Ryan and Liz both, and Ryan's like a little brother to me, that annoying little brother that, uh, that you just can't shake off. Uh, but I love that guy. I love Liz. I love their girls. And uh, we just want to wish them the best moving on. Uh, and we're going to celebrate them and honor them on Sunday, March 21st. So just make sure you're around for that and be ready to celebrate and honor them. Be thinking how you can share with them how they've Changed your life and shaped you over the last 10 years, Uh, and let's wish them well on this next journey that they'll be taking. Uh, I do want to move on though and just dive into this series today because we're talking about the life of Gideon and wrapping it in this idea, this concept of mighty hero, and that's because when we arrive on the scene of Gideon in Judges chapter 6, we see this guy who's beaten down, he doesn't think anything of himself he sees himself as a total failure, a total loser, and completely insecure in who he is. And yet, when the angel of God connects with Gideon and appears to Gideon, his immediate uh, greeting to Gideon is simply, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And I just love how that plays in each and every one of our lives, because I want to remind you today, you are a child of God. You have been created in his image He dearly and deeply loves you. And when God looks at you, he doesn't see all of your faults and your failures and all the things that make you insecure. He sees you as a mighty hero. You are his child. You are his prized possession. And I just challenge you today to live into the calling and the dream that he has for you. Because when we lean into that life that he's called us to, that is where life is lived to the fullest. That is where we truly experience the purpose and the plan that he has for us. In week one, we talked about the importance of being a confident leader recognizing that there are moments in life where god calls us to obey and it calls me to step outside of my comfort zone all right and while that's awkward it always is that's why it's called a comfort zone when i step out of my comfort zone the reality is it's in that space where i have to get uncomfortable where god begins to take me places i never would have been able to go otherwise so it's really important that we allow ourselves to be stretched and to grow outside of the places where we feel comfortable I think last week, Pastor Dustin did a fantastic job unpacking the idea of what it means to be a courageous leader and how a lot of times God is going to call us to obey things that, that cost us something. It's going to be a, a step of obedience where I realize I have to give something up. This is going to be painful, and yet it's in those moments where God truly transforms us and shows up on the scene and does things we never would have imagined. Gideon was called by God to tear down the altar to Baal that was in his father's house. This was a false God, a God that the Israelites had turned to away from the one true God. And this was what God said, hey, you've got to tear down this altar to Baal. And this was a significant moment in the life of Gideon. This is the first thing that God calls him to do. It's a step of obedience that could cost him something serious, maybe even his life. And yet Gideon was willing to lead. He was willing to follow God's direction, tear down that altar of Baal, and God was with him. People began to take note that Gideon was stepping up. He was being confident in who God was calling him to be. He was being courageous, doing what God had called him to do. And that leads us to the scripture today where we're going to talk about Gideon as a compelling leader. And why is that important? Well, If you are going to lead people, there has to be a reason for them to follow. And I think a lot of times, again, we we look at ourselves, we label ourselves as not really that great kind of a loser. I'm a little bit of a failure. I'm insecure. There's all these reasons why people shouldn't follow me. And yet, I'm just going to lay it out there. When you are willing to be obedient, to lean into your relationship with God and, and follow that journey that he lays out for you, you begin to become more like Jesus people begin recognizing that God is moving and working in you. And what's amazing about that process is that people see God moving and working in you and they want to have what you have. You become a light that shines in the darkness and you yourself, by just simply being obedient, can become a compelling leader. Your influence can be heightened in the people that God has placed in your life and that extends over every facet of life. Whether it's in your family or whether it's at work or in business, Spiritually, there are people that God brings into your life that you can connect with him and When you talk about the idea of being a compelling leader, Gideon was willing to step out, do what was uncomfortable, do the things that cost him something. but I want to take it to a next level here today and ask you this question before we dive in it 's a level of obedience that takes us to a place we've never been. And it's the question of when was the last time obedience made your palms sweaty? All right, just kind of think about that. But when was the last time obedience made you nervous, like the hands are starting to sweat? I don't know. Listen, this might be way too much information. You don't want to know this about me. But when I was in middle school, I'll never forget this. The first time I was just kind of really excited about a girl. That's all I'm gonna say. I was excited about it. Seventh grade and it was couple skate time at Holiday Roller Rink. I just want to throw that out there. I don't know if anyone could throw back to those days and remember. And I had the opportunity to hold hands with the girl that I thought was beautiful. And when I went it to hey you want to couple skate? All of a sudden my hands are soaking wet. Super clammy. <laughs> sweaty hands. Going, ah, 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 ah. And it's like we we're holding hands and it's just this terrible like slop. It was just gross. It's just me? I, too much information? Um, <laughs> Palm sweaty, nervous. Ah, it's just that kind of a moment. And <laughs> I think of a moment like that where you're just nervous, like you're beside yourself, and it's a moment that has created all this tension and nervousness because God is calling you to do something and it's terrifying. When was the last time obedience was made your palms sweaty, made you nervous, really tested your faith. And that can come in a variety of forms. I mean, today I want to just label adversity in your life, a difficult situation that you're navigating where you're going, God, why why is this happening? I don't understand. That was Gideon. That's the place he found himself in. Where God's asking you to be obedient, to give some things up that you've been holding on to for a long time. Life is going to look way different if you are obedient and give this stuff up. God's calling you to, to a place of surrender. He's calling you to change some patterns in your life. It's, it's terrifying. It's making your palms sweaty. You are nervous. I want to encourage you today that those, those moments in your life really, truly are crossroads. I believe they are sacred moments. That when you're willing to step out in obedience, God shows up on the scene and changes everything. These are the moments you look back on in life and realize, this is the moment when I made this decision to be obedient, even though I was terrified, God showed up and did things I never would have dreamed possible. That's what I want all of us to be experiencing together. God doing things in our life that we never dreamed possible simply because we were willing to be obedient. And over and over again in the life of Gideon, what made him a mighty hero, what made him stand out and become a leader that everyone followed was simply the fact that he was willing to be obedient. It really wasn't anything special about Gideon. In fact, all throughout his time, he's kind of consumed with doubt, he needs signs from God, he's kind of a fearful leader, but he didn't let that hold him back. He was still obedient. And I want you to think about that in your own personal life, the struggles you face, whatever tests and trials you're enduring right now, whatever thing God is calling you to sacrifice, to surrender, to give up in your life, a step that he's talk, uh, asking you to, and challenging you to take in faith toward him. What does that look like? Where, where is obedience in your life? truly making your palms sweaty. In the life of Gideon, I love how this plays out. In Judges chapter 6, verse 33, it says, Soon afterward, the armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the East formed an alliance against Israel and crossed the Jordan, camping in the valley of Jezreel. Now, when it says soon after, this is right after the angel appears to Gideon, says, Mighty hero, you are the leader of Israel. Go with the strength you have. I am sending you. God tells him, Tear down the altar of Baal in your dad's house. Let's get rid of these false gods. That's really all that Gideon has done up to this point. People have taken some notice. He's raised some eyebrows, but he hasn't done anything outside of his local community. So now things are getting real, all right? Things are getting serious. The armies have crossed the Jordan River. They're in their backyard. There is about to be a battle. They are about to go to war. And now Gideon's realizing I am the leader. God has called me to lead his people, and he's never done this before. He has no idea what he is doing. And that's terrifying. That's a moment where your palms are sweating. I'm being asked to do something I've never, ever done before, and I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. And so this is a big moment for Gideon. And these are moments where I think that we face in life, we face these moments of adversity and struggle from time to time. And and these are the moments, again, where if we're just willing to be obedient, God shows up. It's that moment where you get to the edge of the cliff and you realize, gods he's calling me to jump. And I'm either going to hold back or I'm going to jump in. Man, a couple summers ago... (laughs) Before COVID, we used to do these things called family vacations. We'd all go in crowds, and uh, it was amazing. I, I don't know, this, uh, just a story for another time. Back in the olden days, we would travel all over the place and interact with people. Um, two summers ago, we took our family on this epic road trip up into Canada, uh, what an amazing place that is. I will leave my comments about Canada elsewhere for another time. I have a great commentary, though, on the life of Canadians uh, that you could hear from from, from me some other time. Uh, we went up to Canada, beautiful, saw Niagara Falls, saw Toronto, an amazing city, and then we took two days. And we went up to the Algonquin National Forest. We stayed at a little cabin out there and we went on this epic canoeing adventure out in the middle of nowhere. All kinds of crazy stories came out of this adventure, but one of them was when we stopped for lunch, it was this little island that had these rock cliffs. And we were able to hike to the edge of these cliffs cliffs, and jump into the water. It was amazing, just in the middle of the wilderness, beautiful, and then just this big adventure. Well, my kids get up to the top of these cliffs, and I say cliffs, they're like 20 feet tall. It's not like we're jumping off 80-foot cliffs here. But we get to the edge of these cliffs, and usually Carter, my oldest son, is the one that's more timid and afraid. Jacob is my guy who just does anything and everything and has the scars to prove it. I mean, he's just that kid it was an interesting turn of events when we got up to the top of this cliff we're all ready to jump in I made my boys go first because that's a sign of good leadership and uh, <laughs> and uh, Carter and Jake they both kind of go up to the edge, they're looking down I go man that's a long a long drop, I'm like yeah it's fine, go ahead you go first and uh, It was Carter who said, I'm all in, let's do it. And he just takes off and runs. He did it so fast, we didn't even have a chance to videotape. I was like, holy smoke, where did Carter go? That was amazing. And he's loving it, he's laughing. And that was when Jake's going, well, okay, I guess I'll do it. It took, you know, a few times, one, two, three. How about now? Yeah, okay, One, two now? Okay. (laughs) A couple couple counts to three, and then he takes off, and we're just having the time of our lives for about a half an hour, just climbing up the cliff, jumping in. Such a great time. Well, the only way you experience the joy of the rush of jumping off the cliff and smacking in the water and landing awkwardly like I did uh, is by actually taking the leap. It's that leap of faith. All right, this looks crazy, but here we go. And I think when we face adversity in our lives when we face the difficult situations those moments of nervous tension where God's calling us to do something way out of our comfort zone it's gonna cost me something this is making me nervous my palms whoo, they are sweaty I think there's a, a few things that we have to remember some ways that we overcome adversity I think number one is this uh, we have to realize that <sighs> It's okay to admit our doubts. Can we just go there for a second? It's okay to say, God, I'm struggling with this. You've brought me to a point of decision where I don't feel great about this. And what you see in the life of Gideon is he had all kinds of questions. He had all kinds of doubts. He's like, God, how can this be me? Don't you know who I am? I'm a loser. No one will listen to me getting at all kinds of tests to see whether or not God would actually prove himself, to see if he was who he says he was, if he was going to do what he said he was going to do. He had his doubts, and I want you to know that it's okay. It's okay when you're questioning what is this next step that's got Is this real? It's okay to grapple with that and say, God, I'm not sure what's going on here. There are going to be moments of uncertainty, and that is okay. God is a big God. He can handle your questions. He can handle your doubts. He created the universe. He spoke it into existence. And by the way, he did that all without you, okay? So he can handle himself. He's good. And when you have those moments where you're grappling, with God. It's okay to admit your doubts. God, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm trying to work my way through that because that's part of the process sometimes. You got to go to the edge of the cliff and say, boy, I'm not sure about this. Are, are you sure? And God reveals himself. God gives you wisdom. I think the second thing is you got to ask for help, and, and that's what's beautiful about this. When you ask God for help, He is the God who promises us in Scripture that when we ask him for wisdom, he gives that wisdom to us. He doesn't hold back. He gives us what we need. He guides us. He directs us. He shows us the way. So seek his face. Seek his guidance. Ask for his wisdom and ask ask a brother, ask a sister, ask a, a dear friend for encouragement and for help. Ask your friends to pray for you. Bring them in the circle. Help, have them help you make that decision. Have them pray for you, encourage you, and hold you accountable. That's what life together and the church family is all about. We are here for each other. You admit your doubts. You ask for help. And then I think the final piece is you've got to be willing to act on your faith instead of your doubt. You've got to be willing when you get to that, that point of no return, that, that decision point, that if you're going to make a decision and if you're going to act and you believe that God's called you to do something s- truly special, a sacred moment, and it's terrifying, you've got to be willing in that moment to act on your faith instead of your doubt. When you act on your doubt, you will retreat back into your shell, and you won't take that leap of faith that God's calling you to, and you will not experience the life, the purpose, the plan that he desperately wants to experience. Life to the fullest. That's what he offers you When you are obedient and fully surrendered to becoming who it is that he wants you to be? When did obedience make your palms sweaty? That's the life of faith that God has called us to, by the way. That's what the ancient heroes of the Bible were commended for. I love what it says in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 11 paints this great picture of heroes of the Old Testament. And it says in Hebrews 11, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Man, that's a theme that you see all throughout Scripture. God desires that we earnestly seek Him in every part of our life. We continually seek Him out. Seek His guidance, seek His direction, seek His presence in our lives. That's what God wants from you, and that's what He wants from me, for me to be seeking Him out. And that's me responding with obedience when He calls my name. That's me willing to step out in obedience even when it makes my palms sweaty, when it calls me way out of my comfort zone, when I know it's going to cost me something. Boy, those are the moments, the sacred moments, when life begins being lived to the fullest. And that's what the, the ancient heroes were commended for. It's not easy. Do you think Noah knew how the story was going to turn out when he started building an ark in the middle of a desert for a hundred years? No, he didn't. Do you think Moses knew how that was going to turn out when he led the, the Israelites out of Egypt and they get stuck at the Red Sea with the Egyptian army behind him? Did you, did you think that he knew how that story was going to turn out? He didn't. He had no idea. Joshua leading the Israelites to Jericho, this massive fortified city. He had no idea how God was going to show up. But he acted on his faith instead of his doubt. And that's what God calls us to do. That's what these ancient heroes are commended for. And while I love talking about the ancient heroes of the Bible, i got to be honest with you, I love talking about real-life examples of these kinds of stories in today's culture. That's why I invited a friend up to join me on stage today. His name is Joseph Frerichs, and he is about to embark on an adventure that is definitely making his palms sweaty, and I wanted him to share his story with you today. So would you welcome Joseph up onto the stage today as he shares what's going on (laughs) in his life. Joseph, uh, take a seat, man. I'm really, really excited to have you here with us at Crossroads today. Uh, Full disclosure, I met Joseph last fall. Uh, You were Carter's soccer coach probably one of the best players you've ever coached. I would assume, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. (laughs) Obviously. Um, And so, (laughs) gets it all from his dad. Are you sure? (laughs) Actually, from what I saw, truly, yes. (laughs) Uh, But I met Joseph, and as I started talking with Joseph, I realized the journey that he is on. Uh, and after a lot of conversations with him, we realized, man, this is something we want to be a part of. Joseph, tell us a little bit about what your journey is, what you are about to embark on. This is making your yeah. palms sweaty.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, my palms have been very sweaty. This last week, you know. It's been a, been a different week, you know, but yeah. uh, God's been doing a lot, you know. Uh, my name is Joseph. My wife is Kimberly. We're the Frerex family. We are moving to Peru. Uh, Lima Peru in 2 weeks from now yeah. and our what God has called us to is to use soccer as our main form of ministry of reaching people connecting with people and through that you know building relationships but then sharing the gospel. Yeah. And so I actually had the privilege of growing up in Lima. My parents were second generation missionaries so we're going to be third generation missionaries. That's amazing. Um and so I grew up there I started playing soccer. I was a very hyperactive kid, you know my <laughs> my parents were like, you gotta go do something instead of breaking all the stuff in the house. <laughs> and so he put me yeah. in soccer and I pursued that you know, my whole life. When I was you yeah. know, 14, I joined uh, the youth division to a professional club. And that was when my desire to play professional started to really, really grow. Yeah and I was 17 you know I was practicing and playing with the reserve team every other week they'd call us up to practice with the professional team or play against them in a scrimmage yeah, and that's how so I, was, I was in basketball yeah same same story same story <laughs> and so so you know we were I was right there right at the goal that I'd been pursuing my entire life and it was what yeah. I wanted it was what I craved you know I'd worked for it four or five hours a day every day of my life sure and God Close that door very quickly. You know, I in one play I snapped my ankle one way. The goalie jumped over me, hit the ball, and I snapped my ankle the other way. So Oof. I tore ligaments on both sides of my right ankle. Yeah. Through that time, you know, I spent a lot of time praying, a lot of time studying. God used the book by Pastor Richard Wambrin, "Tortured for Christ." If you haven't read it, I really recommend it. Um, That book changed my entire life, changed who I was, my desire in life, you know, from pursuing my own glory through, you know, scoring a goal in front of 30,000, 40,000 people to using soccer as a tool to share about Jesus Christ and for his glory and his glory alone.
0: What I love about that moment is it's those moments of adversity. It's a situation Mm -hmm. where you're facing where you're going, God, what are you doing? This is my dream. And (laughs) I I just broke my ankle. I mean, Mm -hmm. If you, were, if you were not a soccer player, maybe a different sport like football, maybe you would have walked that off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My
0: word. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. I'm so sorry. I have mocked soccer in the past, and yeah. I apologize. I want no, you to know good, that I apologize. Good. Soccer is a real sport. And we are going to hold it in high, high accord now, all right? So thank you, Joseph. Starting right now. Starting right yeah. now.
1: I mean, it's hard when you watch TV and you get touched and everyone's like rolling around There in is circles. a
0: lot of fake rolling around in there agony. Is, there, there is. There is.
1: I actually got benched once because my coach told me I didn't fake a foul. <laughs>
0: we have to make fun of soccer again. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you took this – I'm sorry, I digress. No, you're good. So you take this moment where quite literally your dream has been shattered. And you're grappling with that, and God begins speaking with you and saying, no, I've got a, I've got a new plan, I've got a yeah. different plan for you. So, I mean, talk, talk us through that transition for you. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so that transition, you know, <laughs> I, I came back after about six months, and I was about ready to start playing again. And our church happened to take a mission trip to a city called Cerro Azul. It was during this mission trip that, you know, we, we realized we had done all of these ministries to reach all the people, but the men weren't really showing up. So we looked to the side and there was this whole soccer field and we were like, okay, we gotta, we gotta do something. So yeah. it was like one night we planned the whole thing. We printed out the flyers. And then the next morning, my buddy Mateo and I rode around in a moto taxi, which is a motorcycle with um, a bench on the back. So you can fit about three to 20 people on it. Three, and,
0: three to 20. Oh yeah, you
1: just, it's piggyback riding on top of each other, one on top of the other. It's it's that's plenty. amazing. I have oh, yeah. seen a
0: family of four on a moped before, yeah. but that's the same three thing. Just, yeah. Okay. Let's, all right, that's good. And so okay. we
1: rode around and we're <laughs> kind of just yelling, you know, screaming at people, you know, come play soccer, come play soccer, passing out all these flyers. Yeah. And 2 hours after we left, we came back and there're 40 men from the town that were yeah. already gathered. And that was, you know, the first time I saw, you know, this is their passion. This is their idol. If they're not working, they're playing soccer watching soccer dreaming about soccer you know whatever and so it became you know kind of a passion to be able to use the passion for soccer that god had given me plus the passion for the gospel right you know and together really using their god their idol soccer to tell them about our god and so that's what we're you know that's what we're trying to do no
0: that's beautiful and what I love about what you're doing is you're taking that to the next level. Talk to us a little bit about the relationships you yeah. have with some of the professional soccer players and how you're using that for the kingdom. It's amazing.
1: So through, through the time that I was able to play, you know, God blessed me with the opportunity to be able to share the gospel with a lot of my teammates. Yeah. Um, about 10, 12 of my teammates came to know the Lord, and six of those guys are now professional soccer players. And so these guys are people that most of the people in Peru know who they are. You know, you throw out the name, you know, he played in the national final a year and a half ago. Right. And, you know, they know who who these guys are. And so our goal is to be able to really partner with them, to be able to give them... Um, an opportunity to be able to use the platform that God has given them as a professional soccer yeah. player to share their testimony with a massive amount of people. Because you put my face on a poster, no one's going to come, <laughs> you know. But then you put Hector Ceta or Italo Espinosa And people show and up. And people show up. Yeah. And they listen to them because they love and respect them.
0: Yeah. And I love that. Uh, you, f- you shared with me, you're already doing some Bible studies behind the yes. scenes with some of these yeah. professional soccer players. And The goal is just to utilize the influence they have to influence people for Jesus. And I -hmm. I think that's the highest level of leadership when you're influencing influencers. And that's why I love what you're doing, Joseph. And so I just want you to know, we made the decision. We are partnering with Joseph and his family and their mission to Peru. They're they're heading out in two weeks. And I'm thrilled to see what God is going to do and how he's going to use you. Because this adventure is just beginning. I mean, we're in on the ground level. This is buying mm-hmm. Amazon at $2 a share, all right? That's what we're doing today. And, and I love what this investment in the kingdom is going to turn into down in Peru, man. I, Thank I'm you. thrilled Thank for you. you. Um, he's going to be hanging out in our lobby today. If you'd like to get to know him here at the Goshen Campus, get to know him. Where do they go online to find out more information about you, Joseph? Ah, uh,
1: Forex Football in Peru on Facebook, Forex2Peru on Instagram, or <laughs> you can in the back, we have a sign-up sheet for our prayer letter that we try to send out every month. Yeah. And so there's, you know, those couple of ways that you can That's really beautiful. stay in contact with us. That's
0: beautiful. I love yeah. it. Uh, I want to close in prayer, just praying a prayer of blessing over Joseph and his family. So would you just by and close your eyes with me? And honestly, if you're in the room, would you just raise your hand toward Joseph right now and just pray with me? Let's just pray a prayer of blessing over him as he heads off to Peru here, that God would keep him safe, God would use them in great and mighty ways, and we'd be able to celebrate with you what, what he's doing. All right, let's pray together. God, we just are so thankful for Joseph And for Kimberly, his wife, for Sadie and Roman, their two kids, God, they're about to embark on an amazing adventure down to Peru. And we are just so excited about the way that you're going to use them, and we're looking forward with great anticipation to what you're going to do and how you're going to use this step of faith to just connect people with you. So bless them, I pray. God, would you bless them and keep them? Would your face shine upon them and be gracious to them? God, turn your face around and give them peace in the middle of this time of anxiety and nervous tension, God, just let them know you are with them and guide each and every one of their steps. God, we love them. We ask your blessing on them today. We pray this in your name, and together we say amen. Amen. Joseph, thank you, my man. This is great. Give him a round of applause. This is great stuff, man. Yeah, so we are we are partnering with those guys in a big way, all right? I just want you to know that. When you give the Crossroads, we support missions worldwide. Joseph and his family are one of those people that we're supporting. And in addition to this, I just want you to know that once they get settled in Peru, if you're a big old soccer fan or maybe you don't know anything about it, we're going to be sending groups down to uh, partner with them and just go out and do these soccer ministries and be teams that connect families and kids to Jesus in Lima, Peru. Is that kind of fun? Is that exciting to see that take off? That's what I'm talking about. Now, The idea behind that and the entire process of that interview, I hope you catch that. Joseph, I think, is probably just a regular guy. That's exactly how he sees himself. And I think it's probably how Gideon saw himself. But God brings us to these moments where ah, it's a moment of obedience. It's making my palms sweat. It's taking me out of my comfort zone. It's going to cost me something. But when I say yes to Jesus, when I'm just willing to be obedient You guys, at its simplest form, I believe that's the life that God has called us to. That's the life that God honors. That's the life that God rewards. That is, I think, by definition, and in its most basic form, the definition of what the Christian life looks like. It's just daily obedience, daily surrender. God, I'm just giving it to you. And so whatever situation you're facing, whatever adversity you find yourself dealing with, Whatever thing you're doubting, whatever you're struggling with to overcome and wonder what God's trying to do, whatever God's calling you to that's making you nervous, I just challenge you today just to respond with obedience because that's the life he calls us to. Because when we show up, when we say yes, God shows up. I love these two verses. It's so simple, but it's so powerful. It goes on to say in Judges 6, 34, "...then the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power." What an amazing moment when Gideon realizes it's time for me to step up, it's time for me to lead, God shows up. in in a way that's significant enough that it says in scripture, God showed up and clothed Gideon with power. It became obvious to everyone around Gideon that God was with him. It hasn't changed anything about who he is or even how he sees himself yet, but he's being obedient. He's obedient acting on his faith instead of his doubt, and God shows up. This is significant because Gideon has never done this before. And I love what it says here. It says, He blew a ram's horn as a call to arms, and the men of the clan of Abiezer came to him. He's like, all right, somebody showed up. This is amazing. And then it goes on. He also sent messengers throughout Manasseh, Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, summoning their warriors, and all of them responded. This doesn't seem like a very big, you know, piece of Gideon's story, but what we see here is the moment where Gideon has become, in his own right, a compelling leader. He's been obedient to what God has called him to do. He's had all kinds of doubts, but he was willing to take that step of faith and say, God, what you've called me to, I'm going to be obedient to. I love the old phrases that we, we use in, church, in the church world from time to time. And, and a lot of them, you, you hear them so much that they lose their significance. But man, there's truth to this, this statement that if God calls you to it, if he calls you to be obedient, if he's calling you to something to surrender, to, to give up, to trust him with, he will bring you through it. His power and his presence will show up in your life just like he did in Gideon's life. He will meet you where you're at. He will guide and direct your steps. Gideon had no idea how this was going to turn out. He summons all the warriors, doesn't know if anybody's going to come. That probably was an arduous couple of of hours or couple of days for him as the people got the word out. They gathered, and he didn't know if anyone was coming. He's probably standing out there in a field all by himself just kind of looking around like, all right, guys, I blew the horn. Who's coming? (laughs) Boop. They showed up. Saw that God was working in him, he became a com- compelling leader because he was obedient to what God called him to do. Let me ask you this question as, as we close today When was the last time obedience made your palms sweaty? Made you nervous? You realize, man, I'm grappling with some doubts. This is kind of terrifying, but I believe that God's calling me to this moment. I want to encourage you today. If you're there right now, act on your faith don't act on your doubt, don't don't retreat, don't hide. Step out in obedience, step out in faith, and become who it is that God created you to be. Live life to the fullest, live the life that you were created for, live into that purpose and that plan that God has for you. The sky's the limit when we're just willing to be obedient as to what God can do in our lives. You guys, you are mighty heroes. Go. Be obedient to what God has called you to do and experience life that he intended you to live. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me today? I think this is a moment where maybe you're sitting here today and you're watching this, you've joined in, and you're grappling with something in your life that you know God's calling you to, a step of obedience that honestly has been terrifying you. It might just be a change of pattern in your life might be some friendships that you need to change. It just might be a step of faith that God's calling you to of surrender, changing some things in your life, knowing that God's got bigger and better plans for you. Whatever it is that you're going through, it's a time of adversity, time that you're just questioning what God is doing. I just ask you to surrender it to Jesus, just to be willing to be obedient when you hear him calling you to a specific thing. And I challenge you today to act on your faith. Don't hold back. Don't let your doubt keep you on the sidelines dive in, live life to the fullest, experience everything that God created you for. Jesus, we thank you that you see us as mighty heroes. We thank you that we are made in your image, that we are your prized possessions, God, that you called us your children. God, help us to walk in faith, recognizing that when you call us to something, you're gonna bring us through it. Your power and your presence is gonna rest on us. You're gonna show up. Help us to overcome our doubts, our fears, our anxieties. Help us to overcome all the questions that we have in these situations that sometimes can overwhelm us. Help us to trust you. Help us to realize that when we face these times of testing and trial, these are opportunities, God, for our faith to grow. And so, God, I just say to you today, we're going to let it grow. We're going to respond with faith. We're going to respond with obedience. We're going to say yes to you, Jesus. For all you've done, we thank you. For all you're going to do, we give you praise. And we pray this in your mighty name today. Amen.